Welcome to Bat Yard's Finest, bringing you the finest of Batman and Superman, whatever else we want to talk about in pop culture. Um, uh, I am Josh from Bat Yard Productions. And I'm Matt. And I'm Tony. Hi. We're all here. Sorry we're we're an hour late. We had a few technical difficulties, but the show must go on regardless. Um, we were going to be joined by Brother JT. But he can't join us tonight because he has, I guess he has a cold. So no JT for tonight, but maybe the next one. Um, before we get started, um, does anyone have like some brief BSBS they want to get into before we talk about the, um, you know, the main courses? Uh, I kind of have stuff from last podcast, but I can see if yeah, I can no, wait. No, no, no. Well, mention it now. The, Talk about the okay. Moral now, I kind of want to go back to when we're talking about the uh, Batman Ninja and how we never really discuss about character designs and everything, but we kind of did, but not really all of them. But I want to bring out that the two characters I like the best design out of it was uh, the Harry Quinn design, and the probably the best one out of the two was the other one I'm going to mention is Catwoman. The Catwoman actually yeah, was Catwoman not that right. bad; it was decently subtle. I think Bane was my favorite, but he wasn't in it enough because he looked like a straight-up sumo wrestler. He was didn't a really sumo wrestler, but, like, it didn't, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I didn't I like, like the setup I, of, the, like, the tubing they gave him yeah. for the setup for him. I liked what they're trying to do with it. it like I said previously. It had a good concept. It would have made a lot more sense if they're just originally from Japan instead of, like, adapting yes. to their culture when they're from America. I know Tony, you haven't seen this movie. Yeah. Um, if you watch Japanese, the, so watch oh, really? the Japanese, this is, this is pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, the English, the English one was pretty painful. We've, I didn't really. Yeah, it. we fucked it up. Um, hmm. DC did good job redoing the script with the with the dubbed edition. Yeah. Hmm. That's so, interesting. Um, I guess the new Mortal Kombat movie comes out at the end of the month i think it's like the 29th or something mm-hmm. like that i thought it we'll was probably third, that. but okay new whatever dates. 20 fucking something <laughs> it fucking comes out okay yeah. and if you want to fix the the facts then look it up yourself okay <laughs> um so it comes out the end of the month and uh we're probably going to review that Pretty shortly after the fact. So Tony, I know you said you're interested in reviewing that movie. So yeah. we'll probably do that. Um maybe the next episode. Next week yeah. we're gonna take off. Um well we're gonna take off from this format. We're gonna do a little interview. Um I don't wanna really reveal it just yet. Um but that'll be that'll be next week's podcast. Okay, so let's get to the main event. Oh, I have uh, some bullshit real quick though. Oh wait, okay, okay, go for. Go did for you? It. Did you? I don't know. I don't know how much I can say without like, getting into like actual like spoiler stuff. But did you hear about like just all no. the Spider-Man stuff that happened? Kind of. I the only no- thing I know is like they're confirming a lot of the original cast from the Tobey Maguire universe, the Sam Raimi yeah. stuff. Okay. They, That's all they, I really know. Like, I guess Variety interviewed the original actor for Doc Ock, and he was just, like, talking and, like, just revealing, like, everything, which is pretty interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no. He was basically... He did a Mark Ruffalo? Kind of. He was just, like, talking about how the universe <laughs> works and stuff. He was like, yeah, the director was, like, telling me about how, like, stuff in the universe 
like I, I don't know how much I can really say without like people. What did he really? What did he reveal? He was like, oh yeah, people don't really die in this universe. Blah 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 blah. Oh, he's like, the director told me that. And it's like he's like, yeah, I guess I'm back. I don't really understand it. So, oh my! So he doesn't even know what's going on. So how the hell are we going to know? It's like it's like double gangers. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I think I know what he's talking because about. It's like, he, he, basically, it's like the world the world that the real Spider Man's in. Probably Doc Ox that could die there because but they died in the original movie. Still alive. Well, no, wait. and more yeah, no, I mean, Tobey Maguire he dies in two. That's what I mean. He's dead. Yeah, no, no, I fucked Probably it up. I just realized that when you said that. So yeah, it'd be the opposite. <laughs> what I just said. Yeah. Strike that, reverse it. <laughs> yes. So there's a doppelganger, Doc Ock, who's alive. Um, and doing Doc Ock shit. That doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess it does. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a there's an Army of Darkness comic book where it's Army of Darkness versus Marvel Zombies, and he gets transported mm -hmm. into a Marvel Zombies universe. And then, spoiler alert, in the middle of the comic book, he dies. Um, and then the the Ash Williams of um, that universe emerges, and he actually becomes a hero. Um, so it's like that's the doppelganger who survives, which I thought that was a nice little twist. And I'm a little sorry for spoiling it, but you know, there's it's definitely still worth a, a read. Maybe we'll do that in a future episode because that's a that's a pretty fun one. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that. It, I need to rebuy that again. So is there any um <laughs> other like things that that he revealed, or was that just kind of it? Like no one dies. I'm not quite sure. I haven't read the whole thing. I read some like some of it. But that was like one of the big okay. things where he was like, "Yeah, no one in this universe dies." The director told me that. Well, there's always a backup. Yeah, <laughs> so many universes. Yeah, oh, worlds. I don't, I don't really get it. Uh... <laughs> it's like how like DC has the number of like different numbers for playing the uh, different number of Earths. Yeah, it's the same thing. Just Marvel did, does it differently. I see. Uh... So like. Someone got so we had dies on our planet, our Earth. Let's go to Earth forty four and grab that guy. Yeah, but hopefully he's the same kind of guy. If not, he's a dick. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of nervous with all this multiverse stuff. I think Marvel is kind of setting up the right way because they already fleshed out these characters. DC Universe is just using it as a crux to like fix their universe. They're like, <laughs> oh well, you didn't like this Batman. Well, we got a different one who you might like better. And then it's just going to kind of oversaturate and confuse what the fuck's going on. So yeah. that's what I'm well, nervous I, about. The one thing I do like about this with the Marvel setup is that they're making these TV shows that are slowly going to bring in that universe and help it explain shit without having to shove it all into one movie. Mm. Mm. So like, I believe like we did WandaVision. Uh, went to so uh, Falcon and went to Soldier. That's out now. Yeah, Doing I haven't, I haven't thing. watched that yet. And I think uh, I have. I only watched like the half of the first episode, but my friend Jimmy keeps filling me in. But uh, I think they're supposed to do a Doctor Strange thing. Yeah. Then a movie. Yeah, I think that's when they're. Well, that Doctor Strange thing's gonna just freaking flat out explain. That's me. like that. the thing I'm mostly um interested in and like want to see is a sequel to Doctor Strange more the fact just because Sam Raimi's directing it who directed the original Spider-Mans so I'm more interested in, in that fact and I know Bruce Campbell 
has a cameo in it. So I'm kind of he always oh, has to have yeah. a cameo. <laughs> I'm more striving for like I'm more excited for though that film just because of that aspect more than basically anything else that they're releasing. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm pretty I'm interested in what Sam Ra- Raimi is going to do with it. I hope they give him more free reign because he already showed that he's successful in this realm. You know. Exactly. Yeah. I think the Loki show is also going to get into some weird shit that's going to like probably set stuff up, you know. I don't know oh, yeah, if he's going to do that much with that though, because he's his own little—it's his own little thing. He's just so—he's just—I don't think he's going to tread with it. I think it's more like they're going to like be like, "This is what Loki's really doing the whole time during Endgame," mm-hmm. and not during like not actually trying to help. He's trying, or he's doing helping from in that angle on the behind the scenes. That's why I think that's gonna go, because yeah. a lot of these shows are taking place like a few days after or somewhat stuck in between. I think, but I think Loki is the in between one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um. So, is there any other BSBS you guys want to get into before we get into the main event? Not really. Okay. Tony? I can't think of anything else. Okay. I have some stuff for... We'll have to save it for a a next episode just because we kind of start a little later. But that's okay. Um, So, we are going to get into Superman The Underground World, which was originally released June 18th, 1943. It's the 16th out of the 17 animated Technicolor shorts films based on the title character um, Superman, where in the story, Professor Henderson arrives at the Daily Planet and reveals to Perry White, Clark Kent, and Lois Lane a map of an ancient underground um, cavern that uh, has basically his father disappeared from the cavern 40 years ago and he intends to find out what his father was researching in the cavern. So the Daily Planet has exclusive rights to the story. Um, and what is to be discovered by the expedition is too unbelievable to be believed. So um, this is uh, a very interesting one. Um, if you guys don't know, this was originally uh, produced by... The Max Fleischer Studios. Um, I think they produced the original, mm-hmm. the first twelve or thirteen, and they got bought out. Well, basically, um, Paramount did some shady shit and took over their stu- their studios and basically rehired the the higher ups. Like they they fired the people who started um, Fleischer Studios. I mean, who created Fleischer Studios, so no Max Fleischer, no Dave Fleischer, the guys who were the forefront of the studios, and they basically grabbed the carpet right underneath them and uh, got got people that, that would be more agreeable for what they they want. Um, so it's pretty fucked up. And it's very interesting to get into the the um, logistics of it, but it's very compli- complicated as well. So... Um, anyway, besides the fact, so you could see in the opening credits that uh, it's produced by Famous Studios. It doesn't say Fleischer Studios, it says Famous Studios. But um, regardless of that fact, this is one of my favorite out of the um, Superman 
I, I mean, I know. It's, yeah. The well, batch. I, out of all of them, even though Fleischer Studios, this is like um, up there with mm. one of my favorites, probably like top five. Um, yeah. So what do you guys think of the underground world? Uh, I kind of thought it was going to be more like a boring episode for some reason. Because it's like it was like it started off like kind of like slow with the guy like oh yeah we're doing the setup like well, my father discovered this place I thought it was gonna be like a more of a slow thing and we're gonna end up discovering his father's remains and Superman's not really gonna really show up I think there's gonna show or he was gonna show up through the like and like a cave in due to the th- facts oh, I was like cool. he would have been like outside find... of the action and then like he has to like find his way within the yeah, yeah was, I like, thought he was okay. gonna be still loading up his boat, and then shit's gonna happen like a cave-in. They're gonna find the guy's father's like remains or something, or journals and shit just laying around. And then like Superman saves them, but like them and the I'm finding the bird people changed like everything when that happened for me because I was like, things are about to happen. I don't know if they're gonna be like gonna get like real or like. Because there was a father set the stat there's a statue that was up there, it was the father. I thought they're gonna notice the son and be like, Oh, or see or a freaking god or whatever like person is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is here and they're gonna try to like surround him, but like it went totally opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like more interested right when that happened. Yeah, this is pretty morbid. I mean, if you Oh yeah! Find out the implications of what actually happened to his father back forty years ago. He does his the statue looks exactly how he looked the day he left. So uh, yeah. that should be some implication to what happened to him, especially when Lois Lane and Professor Henderson are hung, tied hung over, um, basically a vat of heart like melt molten lava metal. Um, I want. The thing is, like, if they did that, they wouldn't be like a full-on person. Uh, wax is like a preservative, preservative. So I would say that'd be more of like a wax. They didn't really specify what it was. I, I think it was a. I, I, would, I would assume it was a rock. I mean, yeah, it probably wouldn't show the facial features, but like, mm-hmm. where are they gonna get wax underground like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out, so Tony, have you seen any of the Max Fleischer Superman shorts before, or was this your introduction? I don't, I don't really remember. It must have been a really long time ago. I feel like I've definitely watched them, but it's been a, a long time because you know I know that I've you know you know the intro like in the the classic yeah, intro, I- iconic. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that a million times, but I don't really know if I remember an episode. I must have just been too young. So this, I think this would probably, I would call this my introduction. Mm. Still. So how do you feel after your first um, introduction of the Fleischer Supermans? Well, it's not even Fleischer, but it's just easier to say they're yeah, all contained no. in the same universe. True. Yeah. No, I, I liked it a lot. It was pretty cool. It was a very, very action serial. Like it was cool. I, this one I really like the like the adventure like uh what's the word like exploration like setting it, it felt like Indiana Jones like it felt like yeah that's, of, that's like, I was getting life. those vibes yeah I was definitely getting those vibes too yeah and especially I like, like him like tracing his father's footsteps like almost like the Last Crusade oh yeah but instead of Sean Connery being alive he's dead 
you know, which is way more morbid. Yeah, and actually, kind of more creepy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. I uh, I also like seeing Clark Kent in like a like khakis and a and a tucked in shirt. I thought that was kind of funny. No, no, no. Yeah, he's like a like exploration. Yeah. Get up. And they he's all they all are. I mean, they're going to be out in the field. Yeah. And that's what I, I think is a little bit missing from recent renditions of like Superman and Clark Kent. Like he's an investigating reporter. So like, yeah, you find out the news and the information from actually being out there and being a detective, you know, actually researching and everything and like receiving the information as he goes along and progresses the story. So like you kind of find out what's going on with him like progressing into you know finding out more information as it goes along and mm-hmm. i don't really see that from recent superman like really anything it's just kind of like he finds out from like lois lane or other reporters i want him to get into action sometimes to get down and dirty and True. You know, did you, did you notice that that really just... i feel like did you notice that on the, at the at the very end when they show the article, it only says Lois Lane's name on it. Doesn't say Clark's yeah, name she, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was just there <laughs> well, as like the yeah. muscle, basically, as backup, like the yeah. up Lois Lane. He's um like well, Lois Lane's considered the better reporter out of the two. Well, the the help you with that one, but uh, like with that, Tony, that, she was the only one in the cave. That's true, yeah. yeah, Clark would never went in the cave that she knew. That's of. true. Yeah. So, yeah. So that revealed That's that he was Superman. <laughs> he wrote anything about yeah. it because <laughs> he wasn't even there. Oh, it's up here. Yeah. I think Superman's here too. Guy <laughs> <laughs> got I love how they set up like the dynamite and everything. Like in the beginning, like oh, that's dynamite. Don't touch that. And like Superman <laughs> actually uses the dynamite. Uh, for his benefit that basically cave in the, the city of these like bird god like people they're like almost like egyptian gods but i was trying to figure out like they're obviously in i think they're in north america still well it's definitely it doesn't look like egypt so it's definitely no, it's definitely it's more... more north america but um they don't really state it but uh just like the terrain doesn't look anything like the terrain looks like a more like north like a north North like a north setup of like america Mm -hmm. up to like canada style area yeah it looks like very heavy with the pine um i can't i still can't get over every time i watch these when clark just says out loud in a way to himself this looks like a job for superman it's so great. I can never so get iconic. over it. So I laugh. I love hearing yeah. him say it. Whenever, yes. yeah, uh, whenever he says it, like he transitions too. He transitions from character. Like he starts out like a yeah. high pitch, like a higher octave, like Clark Kent, and then he goes into it's Superman. Like a job Superman. You know? I love like it's just like literally like you feel the character change within just that one line. You know, like mm-hmm. it's like a, he's a totally different person at that point. You know, no, like he reviews definitely. like. The almighty, the all-powerful hero. And I, I love that. And I like how he struggles more in these serials. I know I discussed that before. Like, like he's oh, getting no, bombarded with all the bar- the birds, like, like, on top of him. He's just, like, just taking his first flight, and he just gets pounded to the mm-hmm. ground. And, like, you know. Does he kill a bird in that one? He might. I don't. It's Because I saw ambiguous. him move his, I don't a know. bird on the floor. He ends up, like, flipping one over. Gets up, dodges a spear, and stabs it where the bird was laying. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I don't know if he stabs oh, yeah, the bird guy. Dead. I mean, the dad died. You know, the bird, hear a noise the bird's of probably death, dead. Too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 
I guess there has to be some collateral damage from the birds. You know, they took one of ours, so Superman took one of theirs. <laughs> I think he just took more than just one with the explosion. Yeah, half of that flock died right there. You know, yeah. they just like exploded with rock and 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 debris and fire just, into the faces he destroyed an entire species so the leader is probably just like after that just happened the leader's just like this is the second time in like interacting with other people that's not us so let's figure out a way not to fuck this up again because yeah. we literally lost eight people let's figure out a new plan new strategy let's talk to people instead of Hog tying and let's drop him yeah, in our yeah. bed. Whatever. I mean, they probably those is probably their first introduction to humans. Obviously, like I mean, like the father with the first expedition. So they probably just saw like this humanoid, well, this human. You know, they're basically humanoid birds as like a threat mm -hmm. to their society. So like, oh fuck, we gotta kill this thing. You know, <laughs> you know like, they can't communicate with it. They're birds. So yeah. they 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 basically just like submerge them and and hot wax or hot lava or whatever you want to, you know, yeah. decide that it is. It doesn't really matter. But <laughs> they have that all ready to go. Well, yeah, they have it ready to go. Like, they're like, <laughs> oh, this they're like trophy hunters, basically. Like, oh, this is uh, we're going to get two more humans. Now we got the female, too. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be part of our prize show. I could have seen it going a little bit darker with that part, with that, because you said female. But like you know what you know you they want the, you want you want if you like say you're like a hunter like on an African safari you go like oh yeah um <laughs> I I got the you know you want to start out with the big the big monster buck or whatever and then like transition <laughs> to like oh you got the now I got a doe you know <laughs> so Jesus we probably saw it like that because they're fucking weird bird people um. <laughs> And these are our three tre treasures of our cave. Um, <laughs> yes, it came after each other, like a few years after, and we're proud of our hunt. <laughs> I want to say the the music in this episode. I think it's I I, I love how like uh, it kind of progresses like the storyline and like uh, like when once you're outside, you're on the boat. They're like kind of like it's paddling pleasant. in. It's like very pleasant. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh yeah, this is nice, you know. And then it almost reminded me of the, the Bride of Frankenstein, actually, when Frankenstein comes out into the forest, which we're going to get into. And it's very, like, green and lush, and the music's very nice. Like, it almost reminded me of that. And then it, like, becomes, like, a flip a juxtaposition. Like, uh, it becomes, like, the music becomes more fast-paced. Like, uh, like things are out there to, to harm both characters in uh, both storylines. And once the, the birds are, like, doing their dance ritual... You know they're they're doing like the drums oh, and it, it kids it's I like picking it up. It's like dun, 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 it's like it's it's really cool. I thought the music was super effective throughout the short. I think it was. Like, I enjoyed the animation. Yeah, the animation was amazing for that yeah. dance sequence. Oh, yeah. It looked so trippy and weird. It, it was just <laughs> nice. It looked great. Yeah, I gotta say, I mean, at it, even though this is not the Fleischer Studios, like this is one of my top five favorite um, Fleischer. Uh, Superman's like this is this is up there because it's like pulpy. It's almost like it's otherworldly. You know they be they go outside the realm of like what would happen in um you know just like human existence. Um and this is like one of the last episodes. This is like the second to last episode. And before which, when Famous Studios kind of took the 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 head lead of you know creating the Superman 
episodes, they became more propaganda at that point, like World War II propaganda. This is like the height of the World War. And there's like, it's very, it dates it like a lot, you know, and especially how they portray um, Japanese, um, um, the culture. It's not very forgiving. Um, I, I don't really blame Superman for that. I just blame the head of the studio like how they just like transitioned because they started out with basically these kind of storylines like very pulpy very action-packed like noir like kind of basically uh like like discovering throughout you know each each serial and then it becomes just world war ii propaganda and then that's when it gets a lot less interesting you're like oh no (laughs) um so yeah i'm glad they went kind of back to the roots at least i mean I know this is like the last one of the last episodes, so I'm glad they went back to you know that kind of style instead of more World War II propaganda because it seemed like I guess even they they were getting sick of it and 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 this was like still the height of the war. This was World War. I mean, this was 1943, so like two years after America, well, a year or two after America got into the war. So, um, yeah. Yeah, this is it's more it's more timeless when they don't focus on the war. Um, so yeah. Mm. <laughs> so do you guys have any final um thoughts or or um things you want to bring up about the underground world? Hmm. Yeah, really <laughs> it's it's yeah, very short. It's only like eight nine minutes. And, and like yeah, you, yeah. you go through this whole overarching storyline like that's why i love these superman shorts because you get this like basically like this compacted like epic movie in a short serial that's like very self-contained like if you want to know the essence of superman what's he's about like if you even never even heard of superman you just watch one of these and you're like oh yeah i, I totally get it. This is what the character is all about. You know, it's like completely, it's Superman at its purest and simplest form. And I think that's when, when you kind of bring Superman to its essentials and it's like basic essence, that's when the character works best. When you overcomplicate things, the character doesn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, no. so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Tony, you look like you were gonna say something before it. Oh no, no not really. I was just, I, I was just thinking. I was just thinking though. I didn't really know how short they each were and how few there were. And like, you could just like, you could, you could get through like the Superman's like. Yeah, I think they're short. The shortest I think is like wow. five minutes. That's, uh, yeah, I think one I of think them's like five minutes. They're usually so, around like eight nine minutes. That's was like, it, basic usual runtime. Was this like an era where they were like played before films or is it? Is yeah, that... this would be okay. like shown in serials. So like it would just like be, you know, just in between whatever they're showing, they would show this, uh, the serial, but they put so much money and effort into these serials. Like this is like basically um, this studio invented a rotoscope. So if you don't know what the rotoscope is, it's when they take live action actors, trace over them frame by frame. And then that's why the animation looks so sm- smooth and fluid because it's like real movements mm-hmm. that they're using. Mm. Um, so no. everything that you see is acted, you know, huh. and that's what they use with Disney films, especially starting with Snow White. Um, Walt Disney basically, well, he used the technology that Fleischer Studios developed and kind of ran with it. 
and now Fleischer Studios doesn't exist, and Walt Disney fucking owns everything. <laughs> so uh, yeah. it would have been great. I True. wish there was a story where Fleischer still existed. I would love to see what they would have came up with, but they did the mistake. Yo, I to see the battles. They had the mistake of Disney. Yeah, <laughs> they had the mistake of not self-producing. They went under a studio head, and that studio head fucked them. And Walt Disney was smart with business sense. He um, was self like they produced their own films and shorts like under the Walt Disney handle. It wasn't like Walt Disney was under Universal or Warner Brothers or anything like that. Like it was they were self-producing, and that's where the Fleischer Studios made the wrong um, turn in direction. You know they they went under Paramount. Paramount totally screwed them over. Which sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is like, like I said, this is one of the later ones. This is after the Fleischers. And I think this is like one of my top five. It's like oozes atmosphere. And I know I say this about every single one, but like literally I would just even just take a frame or a background and I would just hang on my wall. That would be like a freaking art piece. Like I would just have that. And I'm like, I would amazing. love to have the dance <laughs> people. Yeah. Even I'll like when like one. they're like just out in the boats and they're like kind of like showing their like silhouettes of like them paddling with the pines and the mountains in the background. I was like, ooh, like I almost felt like I was there. You know, like I, I like I like almost can like touch like it's very tangible, like each set and setting. Like I feel like it's very lifelike. And that's what uh I like really love about these these serials. I can't Express how much I love these enough because they're they're that awesome. <laughs> now, every time we talk about one of these, you just fall. And yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to. Well, if we talk <laughs> about one of the other ones that are not as good, um, you know, the anime. I still feel like you're the saying amazing. Animation, animation is always top notch. It kind of like slightly, um differentiates with the studio change it's still it's maybe not as good um but it's like so slight no, i can tell by the, the the tell by the quality of the of the drawings there's a slight difference in when, the, when they used to still run it yeah back in the it, earlier days it's very, like, we, it's, yeah it's not it's very uh, it's a little bit more or less clear than it was beforehand or about the video the one i quality i the one i watched maybe the quality wasn't that yeah, good i i like I felt what? like it just didn't feel like it had the Christmas uh, Christmas Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> I don't think it the had Christmas, Christmas either. It didn't no, have enough Christmas have in it. it. Well, it didn't have the Christmas. <laughs> I, I know. I keep saying it fucked up, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like as clear, I guess. But I mean. I, I definitely recommend watching these in HD, like uh, full HD. Um, I found a compilation on YouTube where it grabbed all the shorts and put them together. And if you watch these all the way through, it's like the length of a full feature film, like two hours, just like a little Damn. two hours and change for 18 episodes. Um, so I don't remember what the last one is. But yeah, like I said, once it gets back to like the the pulp and the science fiction elements that make Superman interesting, that's when it's you know its heart is really into it and it actually you know hits the beats very well. There are, like I said, with the World War II propaganda stuff, it's very dated and uh, 
it almost gives you a bad taste in your mouth. Not so much where you're like, oh, this is terrible, but it's definitely a part of American history, and it reflects on how people viewed um, the world mm. at that point, which it's uh, – I mean, it's a good thing to know how people felt, but I, I just kind of wish – I think Superman is the wrong character to – have show those parallels and they did that with man of steel too they had 9-11 parallels which is not what you should do with superman (laughs) no well how early was this with superman like how many years was he around for 1943 so like five years like nothing (laughs) five years so he's still in these stages so i can see why they kind of like yeah did some shit like that but like yeah, he's not definitely. He's definitely not the character to do with, like, do that stuff with. No, definitely that's why not. they made Captain America, and that's his whole origin story. And it works for him because that's his character. You know, he was born from it. Right, right, exactly. He was created not, from that. And Superman, Superman was created was before that. Yeah, this win. Yeah, and then they just kind of like shoved that into. Yeah, it just like, yeah. It doesn't work. It's like a square peg in a in a. Uh, like a circle, like in a hole. It's like, uh, I could make it fit if I shave it a little bit, but it doesn't really work that much. <laughs> no, no. And that's the one thing with like, with comic books and everything is just like, you don't have to put real life situations no, into them. That's why we They're their own world. Just leave them alone yeah. unless you really have something to like express. And it will be a proper story and doesn't like look horrible to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. Mm-hmm. Just leave it as is and just let the world flood whatever imagination that you have or whoever expired you go with. Yeah. Like do it up. I, whatever your gang did. What was I completely agree. What was that? I don't know. Uh something you said about uh, but I'm trying to remember. No. <laughs> you <laughs> Never mind. I was gonna ask him right. a specific Batman oh, cartoon. Come, I can't really think of it. It'll come back. Bat- yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on. Um, It'll be during the, the main main segment. What was <laughs> yeah. That, yeah that would be oh, so like, I I totally agree with what you said, Matt. Like, um, like if you use if you have a specific reason to use the storyline with this character, and it actually like showcases, you know, it benefits the story and what's going on. Then totally mm-hmm. use them because, like, in a perfect scenario, I mean, the best example I could think of, like Superman, like with real world pro- problems and uh, like basically showcasing like the effects of real war um, stuff, uh, re- real world world issues, um, is Superman Red mm-hmm. Sun, the comic right. book where they go through each decade, um, progressing from like basically from uh, the start of. Uh, the McCarthy era going all the way to like the 1990s kind of era. But what this is in this, mm-hmm. in this version, instead of Superman landing in America, he lands in Soviet Russia. So those implications are very interesting and it shows like kind of Superman still essentially the same character, but like with these different ideologies, you know, completely clashing against each other it shows like what he could have been in a different scenario and i find that very interesting and that's that's how it works Hmm. that's that's where it could work and it did work so um Mm -hmm. if i was gonna 
And you got the animated movie that came out, changed a little bit things, but it's still anime. kind of. Oh weird. yeah, that, yeah. The animated movie's fine. Um, the Red Sun compared to the comic book. The comic book is so much better. It's like ten times better. Um, the, the animated movie's fine if you never read the comic book. Um, you like you'll go like, yeah, this is kind of neat, you know, but it's nothing great. The comic book's great. They changed Superman and the yeah, law of the backstory it, a little bit it, more in that not, animated movie. It's not movie. nearly as good. I would give the animated movie maybe like a five or six. Like it, maybe you know, it's like a, it's fine. It's a little above average. Um, but yeah, if I was gonna rate this short, I'd give it like a nine or a ten. Like this is like one of my favorites. So it's like in between there. <laughs> yeah same here because yeah, the very in indiana jones yeah. so this was like um early 1940s so this is like the era where indiana jones was you know like where they wrote indiana jones to be um like on these expeditions so this yeah this probably parallels with what was actually happening at the time like people like were finding new places and new objects and new like um historical art artifacts at this time period i mean at any time period we're finding that stuff but especially at this time period it seems like the height of it of exploration um between like the early 1900s well you didn't have so much stuff distracting people so well there was that time period so that kind of distracted a lot of people (laughs) i think it distracted the whole world okay (laughs) it wasn't television television it wasn't cell phones video games kids are still running around with sticks fighting each other it was just your cities out like your your towns being bombed you know (laughs) you know what i guess if you're it wasn't happening everywhere it wasn't happening in the united states um it was happening a lot in, in Europe. Europe. Um, I'm sorry, Europe. <laughs> yeah. All right, from move on to that, Tony. What are our final thoughts on Superman: The Underground World? Yeah, it was great. It was, I'd probably give it like a nine. I think. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, fucking awesome. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that one. That I, I do agree with Matt. That one scene where there were dancing around like and there's like fire in the back it looks it almost looks like fire it probably wasn't but it, was, it just like looked yeah, so good it was, it was like that it was probably the heat, yeah. it was a bubble yeah. lava just bubbling shit just yeah. happening and but the music out. like how it progresses and gets faster that's like i'm like yeah, oh, yeah. that's what really sells it that's what kicks yeah. me more of this yeah. the yeah. Music i need to make like that a story notch. i'm gonna i'm gonna make that a story later <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just in my head. It's great. Uh, it's freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah, the music throughout the whole this whole episode is fantastic. I mean, it's great for all of them, but like I remember this a little bit more. Obviously, I remember the main Superman theme that they use throughout the series, but like this music, I remember the other themes also. Well, um, besides the main Superman theme that they use in the intro and you know when he when he's getting dressed. Um, so yeah, top notch. Highly recommend. Even if you're not a fan of Superman, if you're a fan of animation, if you're a fan of Indiana Jones, watch this. It's a great time. Awesome time. It's a good watch. Yeah. It doesn't take that long to watch. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Only like nine minutes. You can find it anywhere because it's in the public domain. But um, sure. if you guys can find like an HD version of this without the watermark of someone like reposting it, please let me know um in the comics uh, comments i would love to see that 
I found HD versions, but there's always a watermark of like some website on the bottom, which is not the biggest deal, but I just don't want it there. Like it wasn't there originally, so get it out of there. Um, they don't yeah, own I, it. I find like versions without the watermark, but it's not in HD. And I definitely recommend watching in HD because it it's it's definitely meant like to watch in the clearest picture possible because it's so lifelike and awesome. And the one thing, oh, last thing I want to mention is the um like these Superman serials are like more action packed, like like an Indiana Jones movie compacted into like such like a sh short period of time, like a nine minute segment. While at the same time, their competitors, uh, Walt Disney Studios, wasn't really doing was totally going in the opposite direction. They were going with um, more like fantasy and like like not as action packed, you know, storylines. So. Um, it, it kind of gives you, if the you know the two you had two so. two different studios at the same time, um, showing like different tastes and like different directions, and I find it more interesting that way than when one studio owns everything and then they kind of tell you what you like. Um, but um, so yeah. Anyway, that's it. That's all I have to say. Um, so Matt, um, take it away. The floor is yours. Okay, this is the real main segment of the night. Other than that amazing short that we, well, episode <laughs> we just watched. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Bride of Frankenstein. It is the second additional uh, movie to this Frankenstein series. It picks up from, um, what's it called? The first movie where everything's, like, everything's burning down. It just gets a crowd of people that followed the, the Frankenstein monster and Frankenstein to the windmill. And they're all at the bottom, like, oh, yeah, we killed the monster, blah, blah. And you just basically see, like, this one couple that wants to see the remains. And they have to fall. Well, husband falls into the pit. And so, uh, so pops Frankenstein. Frankenstein kills him and kills the wife. Then it moves on forward. And basically, this movie is more trying to. There's a lot of character development throughout this movie with. The Frankenstein's monster is actually pretty subtle and nice. It's not just directly pushed forward to yourself. Yeah. And you see Frankenstein meeting up with this gentleman after running through a couple of people, hunting him down, and still screaming monster at him. And he meets a gentleman that's blind. He doesn't see him as a monster. He sees him as a human being and a friend. He wants to make a better relationship with this monster and teach him how things. And that gentleman, tell him how to speak. The monster, the monster actually was more of a seeing object for him to help him guide with his daily routine until more assholes show up and try to kill him. And then the burning the old, old man's house down. Then we proceed onwards to actually the monster makes it to the actual city that he was already ran. It was already kicked out of in the first movie. And the Frankenstein's son was supposedly knocked out in the beginning of the movie and pronounced almost dead by his group of people that loved him. And he ends up getting married to his fiance from the first movie in this one. And another scientist she will show up and say, we can resurrect bodies as your father did, but way better. We can do it together. And he's like, you're no F off. Don't want to be part of you. Frankenstein ends up finding him and gets arrested and breaks out and ends up stealing his fiance and holding with the other scientists, stealing the fiance and 
holding it against Frankenstein's son to help the other scientists in the movie resurrect another corpse. But it's not going to be a gentleman. It's going to be a woman. So that was supposed to be for Frankenstein so he can stop being crazy, if you know what I mean. And we proceed onwards. Frankenstein believes, uh, sees how everything, like everything being built up, they're still holding the fiance hostage. Frankenstein sees that when they reanimate the bride, she doesn't like him. She still sees him as a monster. He realizes he would never find love in this world and says, I'm going to just destroy everything in this lab so nothing can happen. He ends up making a major decision, destroys the lab by blowing it up, by flicking a switch. But he lets the Frankenstein's son leave without being harmed because it wasn't to his doing. They made him do it. So he blows up the tower, Frankenstein's castle, and all that shit, and killing everybody that's still left in. That was the bride, henchmen, other scientists, and Frankenstein. And I'm kind of actually pissed off at that ending because I actually enjoyed the development of Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, before we continue on, there's a few, there's just two things I want to correct you on. Um, that's not the son of yes. Frankenstein. That's just Frankenstein. It's the same oh. scientist from the first movie. Um, I, thought they was, I thought they said the son. No, no. It's the same. It's, a, no, it's the son. Same, it's the same scientist. From the first movie. Ah. But then, uh, that's, that's just, I that's, hear, that's I heard just a minor thing. Mike, You're probably right. thinking of like Frankenstein as his son, maybe. I don't know. Or, or um, you're thinking of probably... Okay. You know what you're probably thinking of is freaking um, son of Frank, not son of Frankenstein. Um, what's the Mel Brooks? Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein. That's he's a he's the son in that the movie, son. and they're very they're Hello. very close in parallel. Like they obviously have the same plot points and stuff because it's a parody of that film. Um, actually, mm -hmm. a parody of both films, kind of combined it. Um, but no, that, that's just Frankenstein. I don't think. They get married, um, Frankenstein. No, they, I, I know they're like they're they, discussing them, the, the marriage, the wedding. That's what, like, the throughout the whole first film, they're discussing about getting married. And meanwhile, Frankenstein, instead of preparing his vows, he's preparing a monster. Um, <laughs> so I, I this was like a continuous, yeah, you're gonna. You're gonna just do it up. Fuck kids, There's monster. Some metaphor there for for something. Um, but, uh, um, I don't think they get married in this. I mean, they. I don't think because I. I think it's since the progression of like the monster being freed and 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 Frankenstein, uh, Doctor Frankenstein. He was um, bedridden in the beginning of the film like they find him mm. after the, the burnt windmill so I don't think he really had a time or opportunity to get married never know I, man I, I don't think you so never I think know. just like set as fiancés um, and probably set the date for, for you a can get day. married on the web now man that is no, you okay, don't know okay. the web first of all didn't exist in 1934 and plus that the time period that they're set in is even before the 30s is like in the 1800s or something so <laughs> well, that doesn't mean home wedding what like weddings <laughs> other than that beautiful i'm crippled but i want this woman yeah, to be my wife do while in my bed um yeah i mean we probably should have done frankenstein first 
But um, the reason why we didn't do Frankenstein, I mean, I, I chose the, the film that we discussed today was because I think this is a superior film to Frankenstein. I think Frankenstein, the first one's a little drab and slow pace. It's a good movie. Mm. It's it's kind of boring, you know, but like you kind of have to get past that and see like this is like it's first of its kind with like a monster film almost, you know, uh, besides um, the Bela Lugosi Dracula, um, which if I was going to co- compare to first Dracula could to well, Dracula to uh, Frankenstein, I enjoy Dracula a lot more. Um, Boris Karloff in the first film as Frankenstein is a lot skinnier. He looks more like a corpse because um, he was a hungry actor at that point. Like physically, he was hungry, so like he wasn't eating a lot. Mm-hmm. And then after that movie, he became a big star. So this, he became like fuller in the face and body because he was probably eating food. Um, so he was able to to eat. That's good, <laughs> so that's why there's like a little. Yeah, no, it's that's good. good. It's good. But for the character, you want him to look like a corpse, but. It's fine. He, he looks great in this film, yes. regardless. Um, well, comparing them from the pictures of, like, well, the cases. In the case of the, well, if you are hungry for watching all the classic Marvel, uh, well, monster. The first Marvel movies, universe. Go check out. Oh, yeah, yours is different. Yeah, check them out. See, mine's, mine looks like this. I have. Yeah, I think you came. yours came out, like, yours is the early one. Mine's the later one. Yeah, yours so, is different. You can see the two difference of on mine. You can see the difference in the Frankenstein's on the front and the Frankenstein on the back. Yeah, mine. This one's definitely from the second one, and this one is more like thinner and creepier and like. That's not Frankenstein. That's Phantom of the Opera. That's not that's Frankenstein. Yeah. Who are you pointing at? Show me the right screen. There. That's Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah. Who, who else? Oh, pointing. I thought you pointed at the Phantom of the Opera. I've been right pointing at him the whole time, okay. buddy. Well, you keep moving it. All right. Continue. You keep moving it. <laughs> yeah, I got um this one where it has Alex Ross um drawings, which I think is awesome. I love the Frankenstein. Yeah, that that I Frankenstein, love the Frankenstein is definitely the original Frankenstein. You could kind of tell he has like that one bolt in his head, and the Bride of Frankenstein, he has. Bolts, I mean, not bolts, like he has like the staple on both sides. In the first movie, he just had the staple yeah. on one side, and he's a lot skinnier in this. Um, he's 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 like like a skinnier Frankenstein, like he was in the first film, but that's an artist rendition. And Alex Ross is a master, so he knows what he's doing. So, Tony, um, <laughs> you've seen this movie before, I right? Like, no. You haven't seen this? No. Oh, I thought you said you did. Oh, no, okay. I was saying I saw the original before, and I was like, oh, I should go back and watch the original first again yeah. to like rewatch it. But no, I really didn't need to. Did you, I, did I thought watch, I would. Did you watch the original? <laughs> I, I had in the past, but I, I, I was thinking about going back and watching it, but I, I really didn't need yeah. to. I, I, yeah, I if, if I had enough that. time, I was going to try to watch it, but I didn't. So I, I yeah. basically would was in the same boat as you um mm-hmm. in the prologue in the beginning it starts out with like a thunderous um castle and you think it's gonna like zoom in into frankenstein's castle and then it turns out to be mary shelley and uh some of her f- friends just uh reminiscing about oh remember when you wrote that frankenstein book? yeah that was so good you were scared. yeah <laughs> um i can't believe this sweet girl wrote this scary morbid story i wish you didn't 
end it at that point. I want to know more. And they're like, she's like, oh, there's more to the story. And then it kind of continues on into it. I think that was like basically them like poking fun at them, their their own their own selves, like like kind of showing like where the origins of the story is. And I kind of I, I liked how how they started mm-hmm. because it's kind of like a um a complete like just a complete side turn like you're not expecting it at all but it's a good way to set up the events of the previous film you know because it's like oh well remember blah 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 you you know and like they're discussing all the events of the first film and then they kind of continue on that way um and the the father of the daughter the, the daughter who gets killed by frankenstein's monster he's the one who falls into the pit in the by the windmill because he, he wants to know for sure if mm-hmm. Frankenstein's monster is dead for sure. And he, he seems like he's like drunk or something because he just falls in. Like he's like, I'm going to find him. And then he just like, yeah. sort of like basically like breaks his legs into this like a, well, like this, this waterway. And then that's when you get the, the awesome, the coolest, like these awesome shots of Boris Karloff's, um, frankenstein monster like emerging from the dark like within these like water depths and he just starts choking um he starts choking the father of the daughter of the girl the he father and just um, drowning and him. then the <laughs> the wife is like freaking out because he fell in and then she she thinks she's helping frankens um her her husband out and she's she's helping um instead she's helping frankenstein's monster out and then she freaks out and then he just throws her in and then they yeah. to, a, to a shot of a dummy yeah, yeah it's, awesome. it's hilarious it doesn't look yeah it's, it's hilarious it ah! seems like it's set up like for the comedic timing i think like um this was this was directed by um hmm. james wales i'm pretty sure um that's that's a that's his name um james wales he james wales yeah so he james directed wales. the original frankenstein and the visible man the visible man is great too we'll have to discuss that in a future episode um but yeah we had to watch the new the remake I, i'm actually interested in the remake Please. i, I want to see that at some point um but um what was i going to say so like a lot of the same actors from uh frankenstein return for this film um, we got the same original um, scientist, Henry Frankenstein, not Victor, Henry Frankenstein. I was trying to look into it. I'm like, I know it's Victor in most renditions of the story. I don't know why they changed it to Henry. In the book, it's Victor. and everything else, it's Victor. And this, it's Henry. I don't really know why. Um, but they decided to go with Henry. Be different. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I have to say the uh, what's that character? I think her name is Minnie. Yeah. Um, yeah. She is super annoying. I mm-hmm. don't really like her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Are you talking about the the, 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 the um, help? She is. Yeah. She's put. Yeah. The help. The hired help. Like she's like help. She's like that. That yeah. was the best fire. Best fire I've seen in years. That's a great I good fire. That's like a fire a for the audience. <laughs> But she almost plays it too over the top for me to like get into it. And this is at the time where they're still performing like they would that when they're on stage. So you have to project and over exaggerate so the people in the back rows can see what the hell you're doing. But with cameras, yeah. you get right 
close to the actor. You know exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Be as subtle as possible. And um, uh, Una O'Connor is uh, the actress's name, and she was in Invisible Man, and she's my least favorite part of that movie as well. Okay. She's definitely downplayed more in this version than in this movie than the Invisible Man. She's way more annoying in Invisible Man because just she just keeps screaming. You're just like shut the fuck up just shut up <laughs> please he used he's to you want to torture us with this actress she's not that, she's, she's not that bad in do. this um i just think she plays a little mm -hmm. that's what he's trying to tell us tony that's what he's trying to tell us so when we do watch it we get so <laughs> we well, no, it's a great movie she's like the weakest aspects of i think both both films at least for me yeah. Um, she's not that she's not that bad she's not like terrible where i'm like totally out of the movie i'm like oh this character needs to die like she's fine she just plays it a little too over the top for my you know my liking yeah um, the um the um what like the the Bur burgomaster um he he's like the the, the officer oh, okay. he he plays it like he he does the comedic bits as well, but he plays it a lot more subtle and like within like the realm of the world. And I think he like hits it a lot better than than Minnie does that character. Like, we're gonna get one, this yeah. time. And once he's like, "Oh, nothing to see here. It's over." You know, once the windmill is burnt down to the ground, <laughs> and um, when Frankenstein is breaking out, um, he does. Well, I guess uh, I mean you could tell that this movie inspired so many other movies because like when i was watching i was like thinking of like like other movies while i was watching I'm like oh so that's where they got it from like like when he's ripping the chains out of the walls i was thinking directly that's the goonies right there when sloth is ripping the chains out of the mm. walls um there's goonies right there and then and then right when that happened uh the the officer he's like uh Oh, just an escape lunatic. Nothing to worry about, you know. And like Frankenstein's busting out, and the monsters like literally beating down these two guards. He kills one, and then he blows like the whole door explodes. Like, ah, it's fine, you know. I, that was funny. I I enjoyed that. Like that, I loved that delivery. And he was just like so, just like front of the mill. Like, oh yeah, this happens yeah. all the time. That was great. I like that. Like that character performance and everything was great. I think the three main leads, um, Dr. Henry Frankenstein, I want to say Victor, Henry Frankenstein, Boris Karloff, the monster, and Dr. Pretorius are definitely the, th the three main actors are the best um, actors in the film. Yeah. Um, I do want to oh, give yeah. an honorable mention to Dwight Fry. Who plays Carl, not Igor? Carl, the he plays Fritz, and not Igor. He plays Fritz in the first movie, who <laughs> murdered by Frankenstein. He's he's a hunchback like Igor, but his name is Fritz. Uh -huh. He gets killed by the monster. In the second one, he's a completely different character. He's basically Igor without a hunchback, working for Doctor Pretorius, and Doctor Pretorius. This it, is his twin. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're totally. both ugly. Um, but <laughs> Doctor Pretorius is his uh, the mentor of Doctor Frankenstein. So they're like, if you think Frankenstein nuts is nuts, this guy's even twice as nuts. <laughs> oh, dude, his his re his facial like like everything like he was just doing with his face was mm -hmm. fucking crazy oh, yeah, when he was like, doing, like talking yeah. and interacting. He was awesome. 
Yeah. It was just nuts. And whenever he like they get to a point when they're like actually like doing the science project with like the human body parts, mm-hmm. like the heart, and just like bugging out, he's like, Are we just gonna we should we just we I can just turn turn oh, up the amperage? Yeah. Let's see what happens with his heart. And the Frank says like it's it's dead. You sure we can just do it one more time? <laughs> yeah. He's just ready. He's ready to bring people back, like Frankenstein yeah. did. He's like he's definitely mad and insane, but he has integrity. Oh yeah, he has like subtlety. Like you could see people actually he's like, listening to him. He's like a Willy Wonka. He kind of has that vibe. He has like a Willy Wonka vibe to him. Like he know, like he has, like he has the knowledge and all that stuff that he has, and just like. He's just nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. I, w- I would say he, he's probably more insane than Willy Wonka. And Willy Wonka's no. pretty oh. fucking out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I like have an acid yeah, trip, freaking water, he was, he was, uh, he was, water bo- uh, boat. He was, right. he was a good, he was definitely a good character. The, the three main leads. Oh, I, and I want to get back to the Igor thing. So, Igor was not mentioned in the re- original film. I mean, obviously, original film. He's not in the book. He's not in the sequel. So you're like, all right, well, where the hell is Igor? He is in Son of Frankenstein, mm. and he's played by Bela Lugosi, who obviously is known for the uh, portrayal of the original Dracula. Well, maybe they've done on, on silent film, but for Universal Pictures, he did original Dracula. So Bela Lugosi is what you, should, is what you think of when you think of Dracula, is what you think of when you think of Igor, because he's the one who brought all the nuances and the the characters to life on screen. So he's basically you have to thank Bela Lugosi for for Igor being known. Bring I think Igor is just more um, known than Fritz just because of the name sounds weirder. I think that's literally the only reason. Obviously, probably Bela Lugosi's performance, but Dwight Fry did a great. Fritz, um, Igor-like character. Uh, <laughs> it's like it sounds difficult for it's you just, to well, say Igor, right now. Like there's like you want to say, say Igor because that's yeah. the first thing you, you like, say. That, that's the first thing you think of. But um, you have to kind of like think about it, and then you like once you go down the line, it li- literally the third movie is the character we know, which is crazy. That never happens. Like, yeah. You never get like a well-known character from the third movie. It's always like something else. Yeah. So that's funny. It's almost like has the Jason Voorhees effect yeah. where he becomes the well-known iconic character in the third movie as well with the hockey mask and everything. Um, it kind of has the same mm. effect as well, which is interesting. And um, you know how people portray like when, so what are you going to do? Like, say, oh, like, say you're doing charades and you're trying to be Frankenstein, right? What would you do? Um, no, you're doing charades. You're playing charades. Army monster. You can't talk in charades. You could only act. What would you do? Your word's Frankenstein. You're trying to tell Tony oh. and I. Right. Tony's yeah. doing it. Tony, do it again. <laughs> The hands, yeah. Right, okay. So, not the right character, but yeah. Rendition of Frankenstein. Also, you have to thank Bela Lugosi because I forget which movie, but he plays Frankenstein later on. He was originally um, 
she was originally going to be the first choice for Frankenstein after the success success of Dracula, but he turned it down. He's like, I want to talk. I'm a performer. I don't want to be this grunting, rambling, animalistic right. character. I am here to perform. This is uh, this is beneath me. So they got Boris Karloff, um, and eventually he's like, well, shit, Boris Karloff's getting top billing in all these films, and I'm making no money. I'll be Frankenstein this time. So in this version of Frankenstein, he's blind. So he has his arms stretched out like this. So you have to thank Bella Lugosi as well for at least what people like the initial imitation of what people think of Frankenstein. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how many things go back to Bella Lugosi no, and Frankenstein because Boris Karloff. Yeah, Boris Karloff Three is more characters. known for Frankenstein. One yeah, person. You th- when you think of Frankenstein, you think of the look of Boris Karloff, but you think of that movement, you know, like if you're just gonna like, you know, walk down the yeah. street trick or treating or whatever. And these movies, he doesn't walk stiff. He walks. He's definitely. He fluently. definitely like his legs are stiff, you know, but like he could see where he's going. Like he, his arms are in front of him. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, so he's but he's like still like, he's still getting out of the kinks mm-hmm. of being freaking dead. Yeah. But if, like you gave him more time, I think he'd be more of fluent motion of uh, of a human like that's still alive. I was saying. Yeah, I mean he he he's like kind of. If you think about it, it was only how many days really between the remaining the first maybe move like three, of Frankenstein to the maybe three four days what? like not very mm-hmm. long time. Yeah, so he's still he's still waking up. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I know Boris Karloff had some back injury from the first film because he like had to wear some back brace really? to sit like be straight like whenever he sat down like off set he yeah. be like this like a wooden board so he got some back in- injury from the first film so i think they they added maybe it was from like the padding and the the weighted shoes like the weighted shoes is why he has that movement with his feet um so i guess the makeup was a little less drastic for this version but probably not so much so you know it's still 1934 so who knows what they're using for makeup it could have been just shoe polish smeared on his face mm-hmm. mixed with asbestos and and um you know gasoline who the fuck knows it was probably <laughs> it was probably nothing good for Everything your skin can kill you. nothing good for you yep. so um oh, what's the, the 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 makeup artist i think his name is jack pierce he did the original Frankenstein design and the Wolfman, basically all the known universal monsters that you think of. So I just want to give him an honorable mention because after these universal monster films, out like after basically the Wolfman, um, he kind of got sidelined and they hired like new makeup artists. And he was like basically the granddaddy of it. And he kind of like, kind of slightly got forgotten over the years. Obviously he's known like throughout makeup artists of today, but like, he's not really a household name. Um, like maybe like Rick Baker, like people think more, you know, I think Rick Baker is what more well-known than Jack Pierce is. So, and Jack Pierce was a direct influence for Rick Baker. So it's just, Tony, it looks like you've been trying to yeah. say something for like the last yeah, five minutes. Like, yeah, you got well, something? I was gonna say when you were when you were talking about the hermit, 
Like that was I, I, I think we gotta give credit to him because that, that whole scene just like targeted the hard strings more. Oh than the yeah, anime. he's he's a good actor. Yeah, honorable mention yeah. to that actor too. Yeah. That those like five performances. The three main actors, mm-hmm. um Dwight Fry, I forget the the whoever plays the blind man, they're the best actors in the film. Yeah. That 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 whole scene was just yeah. like incredible. Just like you just watching like Frankenstein evolve and then like communicate was just amazing. Yeah, I think that's the scene that really sells the movie. You know, like mm-hmm. like you don't really you see Frankenstein's monster in the beginning of the film, and then you kind of fall, um, you know, Henry Frankenstein and uh, Doctor Pretorius and how he's trying to force him to create another monster, basically, right after he created this first one so he's like all right i i can't i i need i want to get married i'm i'm like bedridden leave me alone <laughs> and uh after that you go go back to frankenstein's monster and you follow him for a little bit i mean and then it it's mostly his story you know like through he's the one you sympathize with you're you, he's the one that you want to win in the end he and the he has the over he has the arc throughout the film he's the one with the character arc and not really the other characters have it i'm still gonna laugh i'm still gonna laugh at the part when the girl is like a clip like literally above him like 20 feet and she sees him from below and she gets scared of him and then <laughs> falls into the stupid pit yeah. that's like five feet deep and she's just yeah, like, you can't like break swim. her neck or something. I'm, it it's seems fucking like hilarious. Like hit some solid object. I mean, it's in the middle of debris, so she hit something solid. It wasn't like she just fell in a puddle, you know. <laughs> well, the, the pond looks oh, like a puddle. Talking, like it's like a little about, tiny like, a little herder, like that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she doesn't die. She's talking about her, like, like trying to strangle her. He 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 more no, no, no. her she's... than anything. She's still alive at the end of it, and then that's when the townsfolk hear the screams. No, I know. Um, but it's just funny just seeing her. Yeah, she's, she just he, she's above him, and she fucking falls and lands in this water. And the goat's looking down <laughs> at her like, "What happened to you?" I know. Yeah. I know. That, that, that set when um like when he first emerges into the forest, you know, you could obviously tell it's a set, but like it works so well for oh, yeah. this film like it, it's very lush and beautiful you know like all the trees are are really green you know and and you could it's full of life and you could see frankenstein trying to connect well mon- the monster trying to connect the dots and trying to communicate with people but he hasn't fully re- like learned how to communicate with anyone until like tony was saying until he meets the hermit the blind man who's been out in the woods for how many years oh, without God. any human interaction and this is the first person who stumbles upon his house and i find it funny like they they're connecting he's teaching them how to smoke you know yeah. it's like it's very comedic you know but it's it works um and he's teaching him how to speak at the same time yeah and grabbing things is very <laughs> funny that's, too that's he's like right this and, is bread yeah, yeah. Ah. This is water. It's pretty funny. And yeah. then like like this whole wine. The whole time Just dribbling wine. Um, he hasn't had any really human interaction. And and then all of a sudden these two hunters are like, Oh, do you have some place? Um, I forget what like, can you tell us like how to get back to town or something? So like there's literally a human interaction yeah. twice in one day where he has like 
years apart from each other, but oh, you argue so... that they're they're looking for the monster, so it's it's like fine. They would be in the same area. I just thought it was a little funny. Oh, I didn't <laughs> even think of that. That's interesting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then immediately they're like, "Oh, that's the monster," you know, and like the the blind man's like, "I don't know what's going on." Because he doesn't, he can't see, you know, he just accepts him for being, you know, another human being. And then they fucking burn down his house. It's terrible. Like, this guy mm -hmm. is blind. He hasn't had any human oh, reaction. Yeah. The first friend he gets probably in like over a decade, he loses, he loses his house. And then he, you know, you don't know what happens to so him. He's probably mm -hmm. dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what happened. Yeah. Fuck, they they fuck drag him, to be nice. They drag him away Everything and they said, downhill. "Oh, Frankenstein's monster must have created him or something." Or either Frankenstein must have. They, I thought they said that he was like, "Oh, he must have been created by Frankenstein." Oh, about the the hermit. That's what I, I thought. Know, that's I what I thought I heard. Something like that. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll have to check I don't it. Think again I heard that. I haven't, I haven't they said they it. said something like that. Like it must, I don't, I don't really remember the exact line, but I remember the ring line like that. I'll have to check it out. I have to rewind it. I thought they just, I thought we just said we had, to get, we had I thought they said we have to get you out of here. Yeah, that's Frankenstein's monster. That's what I remember. Yeah, it's like them like trying to get him out, and then they burn his house down. <laughs> and he has no idea what yeah. Frankenstein's monster is because he's just I'm in the woods. Here. As harsh to call him a hermit when he's blind, he can't yeah. go anywhere because he's gonna get lost. <laughs> so I want to go back to Doctor Pretorius. The actor is Ernest Thessinger. Um, he kind of he, he he reminded me of Ian McDermott's um, Emperor Palpatine. Basically, how much he was like really? reveling and how much like how evil he is and like how he does like all it's like for <laughs> his own individual personal gains like his needs like he and mm. and it, it almost seemed like he was like he was just reveling in like how evil he is and he just loves to be evil just because you know it's the it feels great and like i was almost getting that and then once while i was thinking that i was like looking at once they frankenstein meets dr pretorius um it's like basically like a Darth Vader situation, like the emperor overseeing the monster underneath him, you know? So like, he's kind of like controlling him in that way. So I, I was like kind of getting like those little like Star Wars parallels. And, and you I want some wine. You want some. Bread? And I know George, I know George it. Lucas is a fan of these horror films, at least some, um, the hammer films where um, Dracula is played by Christopher Lee because Christopher Lee um, Count Dracula, he plays Count Dooku in the, the you know, in episode two. And um, also they have um, oh, oh, Peter Cushing. He plays, um, what's his name? Um, the guy oh. who tries, Van Helsing. He plays Van Helsing in the original films. Okay. And um, he plays, um, uh, what the hell is his name? CGI oh. face. He put, I know, I know what you're saying. Is. I don't remember. He plays that uh, Amaral or whatever from. Yeah. Uh, from... It's a trap. No, he's the, he's like one of the like from the Empire. He's in Episode One. He's like holding. He's the guy who Princess Leia cl claims that he's holding Vader's leash in uh in A New Hope. Yeah. Peter oh, okay. 
All right, you're not gonna help me. All right, thank no, you. No, I'm you know. I'm you know. I need to know. I don't. Oh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff Tarkin. Tarkin, thank you. Thank you for. Thank you, Tony. So, um, so my point is that um, George Lucas is a fan of these horror films, and he expresses like you could see the um, underlinings throughout his, you know progression within the the star wars film so it's it's a it's a neat little parallel parallel there and obviously frankenstein is a direct um inspiration for the hulk you could see direct comparisons i i thought i felt a lot of hulk moments throughout this he's isolated he's a monster people see him as a freak he's angry at himself he's angry at the world when when he's drinking he's technically banners at, monster uh, when he's drinking at the the, the the pond you know he sees his reflection he hates himself he's like i hate this you know i don't want to look at myself and i felt like that's how the hulk sees himself he's angry at himself he's angry at the world so he wants to unleash his wrath on everyone so um mm. obviously you could tell it's like hulk is basically frankenstein meets dr jekyll jekyll and mr hyde and just put those characters together and that's that's the hulk right that makes sense yeah so you could see a lot of um, a lot of films have been uh, inspired by this. A lot of characters and a lot of films have been inspired by these these movies. Right. I want to I want to talk real quick, like the just real quick the 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 way that like the sets in this movie were just like actually like so amazing, beautiful. Mm -hmm. It just it screams at me, this beer. Yeah. Yeah, like with the castle stuff. Like, where where did they, did they actually no, go to the castle? Are, those are all like still struck. Those are all structures safe? None of those. Or are were they built? Locations. The, the whole movie is like, like a wow. set, basically. It, it, like, wow. it, it seems like more theatrical. Like, it's almost like, like it's a big play, almost. And this is like at the infancy of, of the play. Like I can tell by the backgrounds like that. I can see the backgrounds yeah. of the play because they had the smoke one and the what the smoke background one at the beginning. The forest with the setting in the background that's all painted. Like a lot of it, I can tell the backgrounds. But like when you get into like the castle stuff mm -hmm. or inside actual buildings, it looks like it's like an actual real structure, not yeah, a set. They're definitely um, they're definitely all sets. I don't think they go to anywhere on location. Um, it was like all filmed in Universal. Hollywood backlot. Um, okay. The whole film. Um, Partic particularly, I think the one scene that I don't know why it like really stuck out to me is when they had when they did catch Frankenstein like the one time, and they had him like chained up in the room, mm -hmm. and it's like a large, like very tall room, and there's like the window in the back, and like all the village people are like looking in, like looking at Frankenstein, like oh, while it's like yeah. down. See, see Minnie again. Yeah, yeah, you see many, but you see all the people. You, you see all of them in the window, but like it's a very like wide shot, and you just see so much in that one shot. It just like looks amazing. Yeah, they, there's a lot of dolly shots. I was actually surprised how much the camera moves in these these films. Um, like there's a lot of like that. It almost like goes like through walls, almost like it's like going in between sets, which is pretty neat. I like how they do that, and it, like almost look like. The, the camera it's like its own entity like it's like almost like a like a ghost like off otherworldly yeah i'm doing a thing um yeah so i want to get your 
pers- what are your guys' thoughts on Mini? Like, like, do you like her? Do you hate her? I could see her going both ways. Like, I could see people enjoying her. I could see people being annoyed by her. So I wanted to get your thoughts I, on Mini. I thought she was annoying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess she was annoying, but like, I, 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 I like started enjoying her like a little bit in the middle. Yeah, she. But she then was she got annoying. Terrible. Like she was she, like, like she, she peaked, rides the line. Then she like smooth. Yeah. Then she peaked being, again. Like, bad and funny. Like once Frankenstein's Beyonce got captured, mm-hmm. that's when she peaked again. Yeah, for me, yeah she just I, kept I on screaming yeah. and screaming. And then she she's the one who like when she gets that initial reaction, like she's the one who discovers that Frankenstein's monster is alive from the beginning, and like he just like over like towers mm-hmm. over her and just like stares down at her and like it's pretty creepy and then but, like go. how she reacts is just like it just kind of yeah. took me out of the scene i was like oh man you almost had me and then you, this this just this performance yeah it was, it was a bugs bunny thing like, i'm just gonna point. get out of here you know what trying to do um it just didn't really work at, at least for me, I could see it working for other people. I don't think it's a terrible performance. It doesn't like ruin the movie or anything. It just kind of took me out of some scenes whenever she like acted over the top. It doesn't give mm. that much to yeah. the movie. It doesn't give. It doesn't hit. Yeah, it just it's, it's, it's just a bland of, character. Yeah, it's hit and miss. She has she has scenes that she hits and scenes that she misses. So that's why I'm like kind of yeah. right in line of like how much I like her. Um. But, yeah, I think that police officer, he, like, hit the beats, you know. Like, he was he was within the realm. Mm-hmm. He was believable. But, like, you know, he was just very passive um, about everything. Like, he was like, ah, everything's fine. Go home. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I love that. That was so funny to me. I kind of enjoy the, the, the henchmen mm-hmm. when they're digging up the bodies. Like I really don't like graveyards. I really don't like being here. Uh, uh. Okay. After they found the bodies, I think we should turn ourselves yeah, in and not let anybody know we really what really happened here. We should just turn ourselves yeah. in before everything happens. Dwight Dwight Fry. <laughs> he's the one who sold it. The guy who played Carl. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the guy you're talking about. Because the other henchman just kind of was like, "Yep." You know, he didn't really say anything. Yeah. Dwight Fry. He's the one who sells it. Sells that scene because the other one it's doesn't just really like, add anything. He's just kind of there. <laughs> It's just like if I did that, a I hate graveyards. <laughs> B if I know I'm bad, shit's gonna happen. I think I should just get get over with and just get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it, um, Dr. Pretoria shows like his like little experiments that he grew, like basically like instead of growing plants, he grew people. Oh, the little people, They're, like little people in jars, like instead of like oh oh I got a plant in here, it's like a little person. Like, oh yeah. King, oh, here's the queen. queen. Here's the king. He was a little feisty, yeah, so that's why he's yeah. still in this one. Here's the the priest yeah. setup one, and then then just onward. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I like that a lot. That, like it it made his character like more like interesting. Like he was like more mad scientist. Like in the first film, Doctor Frankenstein had someone he was looking up to, but he was just kind of boring scientist. He wasn't like like crazy mad scientist. Like the Dr. Pretorius is crazier than Frankenstein, and that makes it interesting. Like, his character is interesting. Mm. Well, like, it seems like the, you know, the way you're describing in the first one, like, he's more just an idol. He's just a, more of an ideal 
like idea character just that's there, just pending to be in uh, to be in. Yeah, well, it's it's not it's not the same it. character. It's just like the same uh, kind of um, like mentor kind okay. of character. It's this is the first time you see Doctor Pretorius in the film, um, in in the yeah. universe. I could I, I should say, um, but there's definitely two different feels. I think for both movies, like the other one's a little slower. That they're like the main focus with the. Uh, is like the wedding for the normal townsfolks while Frankenstein's like kind of off to the side making a monster. <laughs> well, I love how you say that this movie is slower because the first movie beats this movie. No, by four I'm minutes. saying the first movie is slower <laughs> than, the, than this. One. No, no, no. I'm just joking. I'm just joking around. I'm just saying, like, actually, I just looked at, looked at it, see how fast, like, how much, how much time was there between. Like how much runtime there was, and Frankenstein runs off like is an hour eleven minutes, and the Bride of Frankenstein is an hour fifteen minutes. Yeah, I'm just saying how it's paid. even like though it's how, longer, how, it felt, it still was progresses. fast. And and they don't waste any time mm -hmm. with this story. Like you see the the initial um, interaction with the townsfolks and the monster, then you see the character uh, position where Frankenstein is basically doesn't like his monster doesn't enjoy himself he doesn't want to live it living mm. hurts him he says it to dr pretorius when they're basically in the underground um what is it's not a morgue they're like in like a like a, it's like a little like, like a cavern oh. of site, and they're underground and dr pretorius is so fucking nuts that he's drinking by himself and like having his own celebration like, oh, I'm going to make my skeleton candle. Cheers, cheers to you, dead guy. And he's, like, drinking by himself. And then that's when the Frankenstein's monster um, stumbles onto him. He unveils a grave. He, he, uh, he, yeah, yeah, I guess it would be a tomb. He, mausoleum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mausoleum. So he goes, <laughs> he goes to the mausoleum. He unveils, un, un, unreveals um, a tomb with a corpse in it. And he's like, oh, you're my friend because... They don't have that scared reaction of everyone else who's no. living. He's like, "Oh, you're my friend. You know, you're like me. You're dead." And like, like there's still subtleties of the monsters, um, like how Boris Karloff portrays the monster, like makes you feel more for the monster than any other character. Like he's the he's the main attraction. He's like the, the heart throughout the whole film. That's like he's basically the main character. And he's the one who has the arc throughout the end when they finally make Bride of Frankenstein. Um, Fritz, not Fritz, Carl. Carl kills um, a woman on the side of the street to get a fresh brain because they can't get one that's more deteriorated over time. So he kills someone. Um, Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, he's like, where did you get it? And then I... I love um, what Dr. Pretorius says. He's just like, oh, it's like a police accident or something. He like whispers, he like mouths it to him. And he's like, yes, don't worry about that right now. Let's just, you know, let's just deal with this scenario right now and get, get the monster made. And he rises it up. Then we get that, um, that reveal and the booming um, music, the Bride of Frankenstein music, which is pretty famous. Um, and I didn't really know what the music was from until I heard it watch the movie again. I was like, oh, this is what the song is from. I heard this before. And you know what I heard it from? The first time I heard the song was um, 
I think it's 1999. Whenever Small Soldiers came out, Joe Dante's mm. film, um, oh, where it's basically grim, where it's when grim, they bring back yes, the Barbies, where it's Gremlins meets Toy Story. He makes Gremlins again, but with toys. That's what he does. It's Gremlins meets Toy Story, yeah. and it's not as good as either of them. But it's still a fun time. If well, you like that kind of thing. I love that movie. Side note, that movie's amazing. <laughs> I, I like that movie too, more for the nostalgia and oh how my I God. felt yeah. as a kid. Because yeah, I had a lot of the toys. I used to have all the toys. I used to have all the toys. I actually had the radio guy. He actually worked as a radio. Oh, that is cool. <laughs> it was yeah, fucking great. Freaking, um... So like, you just. Yeah, well, yeah, his no, name was Frankie. Channel his off. name was Frankenstein, the character. So, like, there's a direct reference to Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein mm -hmm. with the Barbie dolls. And you hear that music, the Bride of Frankenstein music is, you know, like, I don't know, like, it's a synthesizer or whatever they use. But, like, um, that's where I first heard the, the music. And obviously, it's like direct reference to Frankenstein, like the boys are saying. It's alive with those naked Barbie dolls. It's a very weird scene and movie in general <laughs> but um joe dante did um like a little behind the scenes vignette for the film and he he claimed it to be the crowning achievement of universal monsters i don't know if you guys agree with that i mean you probably haven't seen every universal monster movie i've seen most of them not all of them i'm i still like going through the mm. collection um it's definitely up there with one of my favorites i wouldn't say it's my my favorite favorite but it's up there it's probably like top three right now i have to watch the rest of them and kind of get get more of a viewings but like it's definitely it's this is regarded as one of the best sequels of all time like up there with like empire strikes back and movies like that um and i think it deserves it definitely deserves that title it's i think it's better than the original film i think you get more out of it if you do see the original film and I apologize that we introduced, I started you guys out with this film, but the originals, the original, the original is kind of boring. Such a jerk. It's, a, it's, it's worth the watch for historical reasons and, you know, Boris Karloff's portray of the monster. And once it gets picked up, like towards the end, it, it definitely gets interesting. It's just kind of like a slow burn, how, how it gets going. I think this just like throws you right into the action and it like, deals with more the ideology of what the monster is kind of conflicted with like does should he does he want to live he just wants to have friends you know he, he does you know he doesn't really enjoy being alive and then at the end of the film the bride of frankenstein who's played by the same actress who portrayed um, mary shelley in the beginning of the film so I, I liked how they kind of like show like oh this sweet innocent girl um is like whoever she kind of came up with this macabre story so she kind of projects herself in the story a little bit because you know if she's if she's that morbid mm -hmm. to create the story obviously she has like a little monster within herself you know well, um, make it a monster and i guess the actress um was inspired by geese um geese hissing because whenever she sees the first in, um, initial reaction of Frankenstein's monster. She hisses at it like like a goose, like protecting its young. So that's where she got the inspiration from. Uh -huh. And she moves like 
very bird-like, yeah. you know, with her head. Um, so I thought that was it very is. interesting. And it's, the movie's called Bride of Frankenstein. She's only in the last five minutes of the film. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's, like, building up to that scenario yeah. at the end of the film. And she's – um that's – the the blind man scene and that scene are definitely my two favorite scenes out of the whole film. Yeah. Was amazing. Mm -hmm. Frankenstein and just changing tune to everything after all that is just like, what the fuck? I was expecting, I was like, I wasn't, I was like expecting a different outcome of it. I have him like just destroying the inner layer, but him actually going up to the top, killing the guys the up there. And destroying yeah. up there, yeah. and then he comes back and gets ready to explode, yeah. like just blow everything up. Yeah. Because I like how he slowly gains more. intelligence as as he progresses. Just, like in the in the in the book, he he's just like uh, as intelligent as a human, and then in mm -hmm. the book. and he's the one who who forces Frankenstein to create a mate for him. Like that's just in the book. Like it's it's not like a sequel. It's all in one book. But obviously, this takes liberties a little different, and um, you know, I, I, it's not like uh, yeah, Franken Frankenstein couldn't talk throughout the book. Like he was, he was as intelligent as a human, and I think the liberties work for what they're doing. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, that definitely, I, I liked seeing him like, like learn like how to communicate with people and like slowly become like more and more like human. Yeah. And it makes sense because he's dead. So like, yeah, you know, how much? He's like reborn. Yeah, he's reborn. He needs a re so like, like it's a like an infant at that point. Yeah, like what mm -hmm. you're saying. But like when you mentioned like before when he was with the blind guy, it felt like he's yeah, been there for like I think it's just, days. It seems like months. One, yeah, I think it's and just like one it's, night. it's only been there for a few hours. Like, yeah, just a couple hours. Um. Like you don't yeah. see no time lapse. You literally just see them just go scene to yeah, next scene to like next scene the of them doing things. that scene. And like like it, like it's called Bride of Frankenstein. You only see the bride at the end of the movie, but I think she has such a epic buildup, and like her character design and how she's portrayed at the end of the film is so pitch mm -hmm. perfect. That's why she's so iconic because she had the like the ultimate buildup of all time. Like the whole movie is about her you know coming to life at the end of end of the film and then she immediately dies life. frankenstein's like mm -hmm. his monsters like you you two live you have a future i'm gonna die with you know this inhuman monster and my ass wannabe bride like he, he finds someone who's his own and she doesn't even like him she's like him and she doesn't even like him and it's so she depressing regrets. But the thing is, like, his. Yeah, they're very different. If you look at the designs yeah, for both different. of them, they're two different designs. She's more normal based. It's just her hair is just back. She has a little bit of scarring. He just doesn't look properly. Yeah. Sounds like a normal person. Look. <laughs> he's just. Yeah, he's like the prototype. We fucked you up. Yeah, it's like this one up. It's like the Terminator, like, uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger versus the T one no, one thousand. Like he's he's the better model. Like she's the better model. Yeah, and I guess yeah. she's like 
She, but she still well, died he, though. He killed her. Frank, the two, yeah, he, he killed her. Just, just like how the Terminator <laughs> killed the T T one thousand, and so there's a tie in there too. I guess her design is based too. on Nefertiti huh. um, from ancient Egypt. Like, like, like if you see images, her like huh. she has like that crown that kind of like goes backwards. Um, I've, I'll I'll pull up an image mm -hmm. just show you what I'm talking about. And like obviously, like the lightning bolt at the end is inspired by how she was created by, you know, electric shock. Um, lightning. So let's see if I can find it. Okay. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting, like, to find out. I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was just like the – I mean, it makes sense once you look at it. So we're going to see us for a second. Okay, you see that? All right, so this is the image right here. Okay. So this is like a crown. And you okay. Like yeah. Oh, her so head you, you could see, like, the inspiration with the hair. And it's so iconic that, uh, you know, it's – it's awesome. Like she's she's up there as well known as Frankenstein himself, and she's only in the movie for five minutes, and she doesn't get a sequel or anything. She's not like in the other movies. That's it. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's, that's the one thing I like when I was watching it. I felt like the ending is like a more of a blink, yeah, and you yeah, feel I like agree. you missed a lot because it's such it's such it's sped just up condensed. in that yeah. one spot that you just yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Like. It does make sense, but doesn't make sense at the same time. Like how this it, it makes sense. So you quick. just gotta pay attention yeah. to like the little beats in between. Yeah. yeah, like I felt like the like the bride would be doing more hazardous stuff than actually being just scared of Frankenstein. I thought she'd be running amok, trying to kill everybody inside instead. She seemed a lot make... more gentle, like like yeah, she was more of a scared like She's animal more... than like. Um, like a monster, you know, she doesn't really want to kill. That's her. how I thought it was gonna progress. I thought it was gonna be more, she was gonna be more monsterish, right. but she ends up being scared. And I still like the outcome of the ending of it, but like, that's why I thought it was gonna go. And I, I thought it was gonna be over like three, like a whole like extra not 10 minutes yeah. on it, and then decide to like, yeah. blow, like destroy everything. And yeah, yeah it. it's it's almost like a broth ending, but it, it like works so well with the pacing of the film. Like I wouldn't change anything about it. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't even. No, it would be interesting to see an additional ten minutes with her running amok, but like that's not what the story they're trying to tell. Like they're trying to show like mm -hmm. this creature, you know, sure. isn't even loved by someone who's like him, and it's so sad. You know, I I don't I I wouldn't want to have any other way. Besides Minnie being toned down, that's the, the only thing I would change. <laughs> oh god! So, do you guys have any final thoughts about Bride of Frankenstein? Hmm. Well, overall, it's a good movie. I still have to go back and completely watch Frankenstein. Yeah. I haven't well, seen we'll, we'll probably do that in a future no, episode. I think. Uh, we owe it to the film to to go back and talk about it at some point. Yeah, we do. Yeah, but we did this. I think this is a superior <laughs> film, so that's why I wanted to talk about this first. <laughs> Got it. But yeah, do that. I haven't 100% watched the original. I had to say, like, it's a great movie of like trying to be an expansion to a series that didn't screw it up actually did, did justice to conclude 
that arc of the movie, mm. I mean the series. So to me, like you mentioned, Son of Frankenstein, I'm like, where do they go from this? Like, yeah, you know, I think Son of Frankenstein's like I think the sequels are actually supposed to be considered like pretty at least decent. I think Son of Frankenstein okay. supposed to be okay. Um, I don't know what. How far away movie. was that to I this don't movie? Know. It's not the same director. I know James Bales is like this is like one of his last Universal monster movies, if not his last one. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have like a few more after that, but um, I'm not sure. I know Bell. I mean, uh, Boris Karloff doesn't. This is this is his last uh, performance as the monster. So this is the only the first two are the only ones with Boris Karloff as the monster of Frankenstein. So, so this movie came out. No, so Frankenstein came out in nineteen thirty. So this is thirty four. So four, well, yeah. five years after thirty five. It says in here. Yeah. So, oh. yeah. so, so Tony, you have any final thoughts on Bride of Frankenstein? Yeah, I I thought it was a lot better than the original, but I. I like the original, and I, I like this one a lot more. So, yeah. yeah, I like the original too. Don't get me wrong; I just think yeah. it's a lot slower. I I feel like this tells, like, tries to like give the same like idea, but better of like Frankenstein being misunderstood and like all that, mm-hmm. and like kind of taps into more of the emotional side of his mm-hmm. you know progression. As Absolutely, character. and yeah, this this movie I I've I've seen Frankenstein. It's God, it's been years, but. Uh, it's kind of like opened me up more to say like, okay, I should probably go back and watch these like black and white Universal Monster, yeah, like, even like awesome. even like like Cabinet of Doctor Caligari. As much as I've heard that movie is like amazing, like I've never like sat down and watched. Yeah, it, I know. So. I know that that's a silent film. Silent films are pretty hard for me to watch. I mean, I've seen a couple, but I always fall asleep. Like I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. the music's so nice, <laughs> you know, and there's no dialogue, yeah. you know. So yeah, I, I I do agree. I think uh, watching those films are great, and I know like. I um uh, advise you to like watch this the younger the better you know because once you see all the other pop culture references to the movies you almost like seen the movie without seeing the movie you know like we're talking about freaking small soldiers like there's like so many images just from that movie talking about like showing images from this movie which is a nice homage but I'd rather get that uh, from the original um source material then you know kind of it rehash and like some i think um mel brooks what is it called young frankenstein young frankenstein i want to say son of frankenstein but i know that's not it young frankenstein i think mel brooks works better i i, I like young frankenstein but like there's already comedic beats in this film as yep. it is so like I think I think young Frankenstein with Mel Brooks I think he works better when he takes like a super serious genre like Blazing Saddles like like all westerns take themselves so seriously that there's like there's not there's not really that much room for jokes in the original like uh, source material in the original films and like he he completely t- puts it like like a, a complete 180 on the, on that um, series and i think it he works it works better with that than something that's already kind of poking fun at itself like you know once you kind of make a parry of that it's like uh yeah i mean it's it's already kind of self aware so you don't really need a parody you know once it like it becomes so unaware of itself that's when you make a parody i think that's when you do it 
Um, so if I was going to rate this film, I would give it maybe an eight or a nine. Probably on re rewatching it, I would give it higher ratings every time I watch it. But right now, I'm between there. What were you going to say, Matt? I was going to say, say, I enjoy, enjoy like, like, the vibe, like, like, now we're now we're seeing color, color, like, like, video, video, like, series and everything. I enjoy the lighting, lighting, lighting everything. I enjoy the lighting, 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 Tilt of light, light or anything, anything changes, changes the, shadowing. the shadowing. And the black and white is going to get the black and white is going to get the character. Like, monster or the setting. setting. It's really, really, really like, 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 some movies or some actors in that direction. I don't know if they was it yeah. City City. There was that series with that. And that was everything. I think a... I think a better comparison to like a modern look of that kind of style is the lighthouse from you know a couple years ago because it's in the same aspect ratio. It's in black and white, and since City it kind of looks cool, but it's so CGI heavy that like it doesn't have that same feel like at all. You know, it's it's completely a different realm. It's like it's yeah, it's yeah, but it's it's definitely going for something different than uh these films, like with the with their tone with uh like shadings and lighting and everything. I think the lighthouse is more in realm with how it would it looks, you know. Oh, it is, yeah, I agree. I agree with lighting in black and white films is. Yeah, they're even they're even like taking like the justice is gray cut, all that stuff. Know about that? The uh, wait, the, that? The, they're doing they're they like I don't know if it's up yet, but they made the Schneider cut in like black and white and they God. put it on HBO. Who cares? That's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I watch that in black and white. I don't either. The whole fight that's just super at, that's just so pretentious. Like, there's no reason no. to make it black and white. I know Zack Snyder, when he wanted to re-release it, wanted to be in black and white, and I think he's just doing that just to say, "Oh, I'm artsy, black and white." Yeah, yeah, it's like, like almost like a student film like vibe no, no, from it. Like, oh, look, it's in black and white because uh, this is my first film, and I don't know how to put my own style on it. So let's make it black and white. Yeah, you know? just yeah. like. Just like Clark. No, the freaking uh, what's it called? The people that made no, the people that made Logan. They made it in. They made it in. Uh, was it color? But they wanted to give it do that the way the style of the movie went. They wanted to give that noir style. They, so they made another. I could edit see that working better. I could see that working better yeah. with Logan. And it does Snyder work cut. really good for Logan. It really yeah. does. The Snyder cut is so CGI heavy. Snyder cuts is just dark already, mm-hmm. and you're gonna put. The freaking black and white filter on top of it's it. It's just gonna be. That's black. gonna make it look. They're not. Oh, they're not gonna yeah. add the white. They'll just add black. Like clearly that, like that part I'm talking about when they're anything. fighting, them with the Batmobile shooting everything. That all yeah, was dark already. Yeah. You would not it's see just, a scene other than flashing lights I don't know. and eyeballs. Zack Snyder. He's a mess. He's something else. I'm not that great. Yeah. I'm not. He, I'm not his biggest fan. He's fine. He's good visually, but. Yeah, that's uh, he could be. He's a great DP. Keep him as a DP. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. Why don't we keep coming 
Because he's everywhere. He's a nightmare. Why does he haunt us? He's coming to haunt your dreams. No, no, I'm, I'm glad he you does. that because I know that he, that's what he wanted to do, like in his regular release. So they're doing. Is he? Is that actually being released, Tony? I think it's. Know? I think it's already out. I'm not sure. It's called the Justice Is Gray cut. It's like, it's called just Justice, like Justice League Justice Is Gray. That's so Let's stupid. See, I have to ask. Yeah, and I know I was, I was bringing that up. I know they did that, and I know that I think someone like made like a recut of Parasite in black and white, which I I would watch. Like that's that would be that sounds interesting. Yeah. I still need to see I it. I heard it's either. amazing. Maybe in a future episode. Yeah, I still have to see it myself. Oh, God. Just so you got? Oh, yep. This <laughs> here it is. Is Zack Snyder's Justice League? Justice is great. Oh, no. That's literally what it's called. It's out. You can watch it like that. Justice. You can watch it right now. You can literally That's watch so it right stupid. now. That makes me. That makes Justice me hate is this great. movie even more. Justice should not be. This makes me great. hate the movie like even more. I like thought it was. It, it's it's adequate. It's okay. But like I think I just gave it too high of appraisal just because i was comparing it to a complete piece of dog shit versus it's like a, 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 like it's a slightly a, a slightly better movie and then like comparing him like yeah it's great but like once you look at it again you're like yes yeah, like if, if that was the initial movie that was released it would definitely get better reception than the original justice league dig but i don't think it would get like as high as reception as it is now oh, like right absolutely. now it's the second highest rated um superhero film on like imdb or whatever rating systems is like, it no oh, that's yeah. stupid that's that bad. is so dumb it's right <laughs> after dark night is, right now thing is like when you guys did this when we did a review with all like this shit of justice league um i looked at it as a whole like i didn't yeah, even try I to compare it to the other one yeah. i did little snippets I went like you it's his own movie. I'm gonna suffer yeah. for four hours. No, I, 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 I agree more I with your viewing now than I did the first time. Like yeah. now, now that it kind of settled in, I'm like, it's it's so fine. It's better. I enjoy it more than I didn't like it, but it's still like, I don't need to see it again. I don't want to sit down and watch no. it. You know, again, I could watch four. I could watch four I... Universal monster movies <laughs> in that time, and I get so much more out of it. I would get immensely more out of it. I would get immensely more out of just Dracula. watching one movie, Dracula. out of watching one um Universal monster movie. And it's only what this one was like an hour and fifteen minutes. Three, mm -hmm. yeah, right here, yeah, three movies makes no. I mean, four movies. Fuck it, we can yeah. actually start with five. <laughs> Fuck it, why not five? Yeah, because they're a lot yeah, better yeah, than that fucking. Are. They are. It's just a lot more fun. Uh, yeah, but like it's just yeah. And everyone, I remember after watching Zack that, the my dad asked me like, what? "Everyone thinks Zack Snyder is like the savior. Like he's like this great. Director. He's not. He's, he's horrible. He's the one he... who brought DC down from where it was already. You know, it's not very good. He fucking knocked the pillar." down but like the thing is like I, I remember after watching that movie i literally walked down the stairs and i said i finally finished the snyder cut to my dad and he looked at me and just said is it good and i said it's garbage all right don't bother yeah. me about it walked over 
I gave him some snippets, and he's like, yeah. I, I no think use. the Flash scene and just was walked my away. He never part. talked to me about it ever again. Yeah. The, the Flash scene, like his introduction, that was my favorite part of the whole movie. I would get more out of just watching that scene and then ending it. And that yeah. that scene has nothing to do with the rest of the story. Well, maybe that that's going to be in the Flashpoint movie, that little extended yeah, no, scene. I think it, 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 it's well, I in, in one movie. It's just stupid. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, I'm done with Snyder. Let's get back on the topic. Well, I'm I'm kind of get back Um, I said everything I need to say. If you guys have any last words or whatever, <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't give it my number yet. I gotta give it my real number. No, I. Oh, you can, you can go first. You we can go in the order. No, okay. you go. No, you go. No, 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 no. You oh, said it first. Oh, uh, yeah. I was gonna say I'd probably give it like eight and a half. Like, yeah, that's so. That's yeah. kind of where I am, like eight and a nine, maybe. I'm, I, like, I think on more viewings, I would give it a higher rating, but yeah. you know. I'm in the same boat. I'm gonna give it the same rating as you guys, but I like my. It's like like seeing all the practical and like the settings made me feel yeah. amazing by it, like that, like all the mu- movie magic of that oh, time period yeah, is amazing, yeah. including when you're looking at the. If you look closer at his like the the, the makeup. I oh, yeah, would like, like to see flaws. The flaws. He, he, like what? as the movie progresses, he's heals over time. Like he has burnt marks. In the very first. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Starts growing. Like the, he progresses like physically and mentally throughout the film. I, like, yeah, like the makeup is amazing. It doesn't look flawed. It doesn't look fucked up. And if there was a flaw, it would have been the best thing for this character because he is a monster that's really made out of decaying yeah. bodies. Could add more character to him, and I'm just looking at it. I'm just like, this looks great. This doesn't look like some thrown together piece of shit that's supposed to be in a twenty thousand million billion gajillion movie nowadays. And there is a freaking problem with the costume because some guy forgot to do something with it. And literally, this movie looks just perfectly paid a lot of and amazing. And like, and and I think like how it's like physically um, portrayed and made, like all the effects and everything, it makes it timeless. Like you watch this at any time and it works. Like now with CGI, like it dates the movie. Like obviously this was made back in uh-huh. the 30s, but like if this was made today, like exactly how it is, I would still be impressed by it because it's all practically there. It's all like yes. practical effects, and it looks amazing. So. I totally agree with what you're saying, man. You know, like with that movie magic. When like things are practically there, I believe because it's there. There's mm-hmm. something tangible there. But when yeah. it's just CGI, like I, I still had like, that, um, like I have to break that barrier to like believe it. I'm like, all right, well, yeah, it doesn't look exactly real in my head, but like it looks all right, you know. <laughs> like CGI is good for. Like, well, CGI was invented just for makeuping. Like, if it's something that they couldn't make themselves, there was CGI onto an object and, or clean up a like fix something they couldn't do. So do that, and then later on, we just kept doing it and doing it, increasing the production, making it look better, and it just got out of hand, and it costs a lot less to do than production, uh, actual real production, and it's bullshit. Even though it. it we have the technology to make a lot of things that we do with CGI in real life. So why not? I If I can see a little kid 
make a goddamn Iron Man suit out of cardboard. I want you to make a real life Iron Man suit out of whatever you can make for a movie. Well, they did for the real movies. They made and Iron they did, Man like, out of cardboard, did, yes, for the real movies. No, I mean, like, no, no, no. They actually made a legit <laughs> Iron Man setup and stuff oh, for it. Great. So those movies, I think you exempt out, but later in the Marvel movies, they just kept on doing CGI yeah. crap. But, like, like if you can do, if I can see these people at their house creating things that look amazing from like cheap stuff, and hi Robbie, yeah, hi Robbie, and, yeah, I, so, <laughs> I just realized yeah. that. <laughs> and if I can see those like people doing that and making things out of like household product, why can't they, like people in our real and actual movie like companies make shit mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, out of his household. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah, like, the like more practical it is, like, the better it is. You just give you give your movie a shelf life, and you just overuse CGI. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And there's a good way to use CGI. Like Thanos is a great example. Like he looks great. Um, mm-hmm. Gollum, he looks amazing. You know, that's those are still like timeless. Um, oh, speaking of Gollum, like- there he is right now. <laughs> 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 No, like, it's, like, CGI is, like, good for things that we cannot produce or, like, if we cannot find or gather right. CGI is fine for that. But we can produce it and build it ourselves in a way. Don't touch it. Well, Don't touch like, CGI unless you're, like, cleaning something like, up like, or making it here and there. Movies are, like, a magic trick, right? Like, if you know how the trick... They how, were. You know, if you know how the trick is made, then you know... Then you know you've seen behind the curtains. You know the trick is it's not as impressive. Hi, Robbie again. You see, like you, like basically look behind the curtains. Like uh, you see the wizard behind the curtain, and you know, oh, that's not a real wizard. That's this stupid fucking guy behind the curtain. You know, like it's not, it's not real <laughs> magic. Um, and you see, you see how the magic trick is produced, but like. Once it's practical, they had to do all these. Um, they had to think outside the box to produce these effects and actually made them. Really cool. And you like you watch and it, and you're like, I don't really know. I don't know how they did that. You know, I don't know how they produced it. And like, it mm-hmm. makes you more interested in trying to figure it out. You know, it's just like a magic show. Like, yeah. You're like, Whoa, you're impressed. But once you figure out how they did it, it's not as impressive. Mm-mm. But we're okay to not get all the hate comments if people don't like the way we're doing the hating on CGI. No, we do give it out to the people to that do the CGI work because I, we know there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, and the way they have to do it, it is an art artwork. It's art. It's a good way of doing things. And but like, still always a lot better in in the, some sorts yeah, of the if movies. You use different- mm-hmm tricks in the book instead of yes. one then you then you see that one trick over and over again you re, you reveal how it's done but like yeah. if you, like, you use practical you use stop motion you use whatever the hell in your arsenal then you hide the seams a lot better but once it's just one seam you can unstitch it a lot easier yeah like i like like nowadays all our movies like 
back to Zack Snyder. Um, they were all filming on a fucking green screen, all green screen, <laughs> mm -hmm. all everything green screen, green yeah. screen, this green you know screen, that. I think there was a couple here and there that they actually got out of the green they screen. They didn't world. even have yeah, well, they, you could say that about the prequels, too. You know, like that was all just green screen, some of it was practical. Oh, yeah, not enough of it. But up to date, you know, stuff for right the now, that they did Snyder's for um the Justice League, they just shot a green screen for four hours. They didn't even have. Yeah. Well, the actors weren't even there. They just filmed green. That's all they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's yeah. Go keep it rolling. They're doing great. They're yeah. doing great. <laughs> Batman's doing awesome at this part. Just let him go. <laughs> all right. So, you guys have any final words, Brian Frankenstein? Final answers. Good, good. No, very good. Was, uh, all right, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I recommend it if you haven't seen it yet. I definitely watch it. I mean, I would recommend watching Frankenstein beforehand, but you don't really need to to understand what's going on in this film. You prologue in the beginning. They sum it up. You get the gist. Yeah. Of it. they give you but a little recap. You get a little bit more out of it if you watch the original, but mm -hmm. it's not that necessary. Um. So, okay. So this was um. Bat. You know, this was uh. A Bat Yard's finest episode. I forget my act, my outro already. Um, okay, three, two, one. This is Josh from Bat Yard Productions sending you off up, up, and away until next Bat Yard's finest episode. And this is Superman's pals, Tony, Matt, becoming and... super pals one episode at a time. Yeah, we did it. We did it. That was like one of the smoothest ones we did. I almost had to do the three, two, one to remember how to do the outro. It was like really. <laughs> we haven't, yeah, had, we haven't like, had to do that in a while all right well bye everyone bye robbie thanks for watching bye if you guys bye. have any questions or whatever let us know and uh all right good night no.